the button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Goose got a new mic. Doesn't it sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like infinitely, really infinitely better than what your uh, last mic sounded And I like. got a cool Focusrite USB audio yeah, interface. the old interface for the computer. Because when he was over here last time, he took the other microphone, um, which we, you know, we went halfsies on it, so... Uh, Took the other microphone and then finally got an interface. So now it were the only thing we're combating now is Discord's like sound yeah, or just not being the best. Not being the best. Like when one we when we talk over each other, it'll like lag out and it's kind of sucks. But we're both pretty adamant about not paying for River yes. FM. I don't want to pay thirty dollars a month for something. You can eat my ass. Thir- I mean, we don't, guys. I, I love you guys, all of our fans, but we don't make thirty dollars. Yeah, a we month don't make podcast, thirty dollars so. a month at all. Uh, also, we have some mail that I'm going to read. Um, Ooh, nice. So, I check that. Um, I check that. Clayton, my boss, emailed us. It said, "Great oh, job on nice. the most recent podcast. I got to thinking about why there's not an appetite for TV sidekicks anymore, and a lot of that may be due to the fact that all TV is now." is now is recorded and accessible by anyone at almost any time. Back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, when these characters were more prominent, we weren't able to then go back and review if they were accurate or made pre- or, on, or made good predictions. Now, of course, with access to everything mm. at any time, we can immediately go back and verify if a psychic was right about an impending disaster, terrorist attack, election results, or whatever. Their bullshit can be very quickly discredited to keep up the great work. Sincerely, I mean- and there it is, Clayton. And then, <laughs> set up another one. He said, how dare Sylvia Brown show up on CNN eight days before 9-11 and not use her psychic powers to warn us? What did she do? Oh, for real, though. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get any of the spiritual energy yeah. of a horrifying crisis the, changing the, all of Western yeah, civilization? Yeah, the worst terrorist attacks. Um, and then another use listener who remains anonymous emailed me. Um, they emailed my actual email and not the podcast email, so I don't know if they want me to read this, but I'm going to do it anyways. I don't care. Um, yeah it's anonymous so it says how dare you not love bad bunny and bullet train snacks and this is the same person that we made fun of for for spending six hundred dollars on bad bunny tickets then didn't even enjoy the show uh (laughs) like six hundred dollars to go see on a single ticket to go see bad bunny um oh a single ticket from what i remember it was a single ticket yeah um so, how dare you not love Bad Bunny and Bullet Train? This isn't me being biased because of the money I spent on his concert. This is just me saying he did a pretty good job and it was the perfect amount of fun slash funny needed in the sense. Plus, oh. how can you not like someone who literally dies in less than 10 minutes into his backstory? That's just rude. That's fair. I mean, it's not like... I they, thought it was really funny yeah, that that's they fair. gave him a whole story and then his actual bit in the story is to die immediately. That's fair. Maybe the joke went over my head. That's why I was like... You know, I I wasn't crazy about it, and I like. I mean, they didn't try to make I, him a thing. They weren't like. I think that the the joke was like fifty percent intentional. I think that some of it was just trying too hard with style. Yeah, but I think it just comes off funny, and I'm just not going to take that movie very seriously or judge it very. That's hard, fair. I mean, it's know? not. It's I, I. It seemed like just a movie where a bunch of famous actors were like, "Let's see how many friends we can have come and." 
make a cameo. Um, yeah, and just shoot, just you know, and just vibe, goof. dude. Yeah, it was fun. Absolutely yeah. goofing. Um, um, I've been. I, oh, I watched the HBO documentary that channel Andrew. Oh yeah, how was that? I haven't I watched did. it yet. I mean, it really like it feels like an eighty-minute Channel Five video, nice. and that's nice. not a bad thing. Like, no, I really no. liked it. Um, he does a good job of like establishing a narrative, and what I really like is he makes the point at the end about how like all of the people who orchestrated the January 6th thing, you know, uh, clean their hands of it, didn't get in any trouble at all. Yeah. And then all the foot soldiers who went out and did it, like got their whole lives fucked up. Yeah. Which and, is shitty. And he's, yeah, I mean, he did a really good job of like casting the blame where it is, you know, and I think it was, it was awesome. Like you, sh- you definitely should watch I'm gonna it. I'm going to watch it's, it. It's, yeah. Everything he does is, is amazing. It's great. Yeah. That whole is. thing with the kid thing you were talking about. Yeah, like yeah. I finally, yeah like i hurt i could not convey properly just how like like disheartening and like heartbreaking it was to watch much about yeah he did like what's crazy is andrew will be like what do you mean who you know like wait he he talks to these some people and they'll be like they do this he's like oh who are you talking about and then they go well, I don't know, like the details. Yeah, like, they just yeah. are saying catchphrases. But this kid, like, knew the story, like the QAnon story, from like start to finish. He's like eight years old. I was like, holy shit, yeah, fucking holy dude. shit. And they're homeschooled. But so. There is redemption for his story, so that's why he should watch it. Okay, cool, awesome. That's what I like to hear. It's nice. Or I saw a clip that was like him in a diner with this old guy wearing a hat, and he's like holding up. <laughs> He's holding up pictures of different like politicians and stuff, and every time he holds up yes. a picture, the guy's like pedophile. That that's pedophile. a pedophile right there. He holds up another like like Joe Biden. He's like pedophile, definite baby eating pedophile. And then at the very end, Andrew pulls out this paper and he's like, "I want to go ahead and go over something with you, just to bring to your attention. Uh, like eight years ago, you were charged with sexually assaulting an eight year old. So and, like sodomy, yeah, sodomy and shit sodomy. like that. Yeah, yeah. and and, and I, he's <laughs> like, "Do you know what projecting is?" Like Hillary Clinton does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awful people, awful, awful man. And I'm like, I, I'm not like, I'm no saint, but like, bro, come on, you can't. I mean, I don't. I've never sodomized. Yeah, a child, exactly. Yeah, I feel same. confident putting yeah. that on the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it will never Definitely happen. Yeah. yeah, never <laughs> happen. Um, yeah, and it really like that. That comes up all the time. Like, there are so many pedophiles who are like. Republicans virulently anti-pedophile. It's and I'm just like, wh- it's disgusting. And it's, it's insane. It's one of how those much things, that happens. Yeah, and like it's one of those. It's projecting, but it's the same thing with like notoriously anti-LGBTQ politicians, like being cl- mean, closeted. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Republicans and too. Republicans. Yeah, but it, and I, I just see it as one of those things where it's like, if I am the driving force opposing this, nobody will ever suspect that I am you know, a part of this, but it's like the Barbara Streisand effect because now we all just think you're gay. Like if you we are, all think yeah. Mike Pence is the gayest yeah, man yeah. in America. If you are, point. if you're the driving force behind like an anti LGBTQ movement, like everybody thinks you're gay. Like, like, like Lindsey Graham, everybody's like, yeah, Lindsey gay. gay. He's pretending to not yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah gay. definitely. But Mike gay. Pence, were like, dude, you're hiding some dark, yeah, yeah. awful <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> some terrible, you like are way borderline, too everything. Yeah, borderline Jeffrey Dahmer. Fucking oh, issues, dude, dude. Mike Pence eating people would be like not. I'm not surprised. Like, be like, yeah. I'm like, no, he literally looks like he eats people. 
Not because like, he's a reptile. Yeah, but that's Hillary Clinton. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but dude, that's the whole reptile thing. It used to be so fun. Yeah, to hear it was that just like an on, like a, a, a and then like innocent thing to say. And now, like people mean it. And they're like they like with actually their, think with their whole chest, that, dude. Yeah, that like Hillary Clinton's really a reptile who changes skins. I'm like, which reminds me, I'm pissed off because Inside Job just got canceled. You know that show? That's the so. Netflix cartoon that's oh, about yeah, like, the shadow yeah, government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I really like it. And it, it was even renewed for a season two, but they canceled it. Why? Illuminati. Because Netflix is a whore. Dude, dude. yeah, that's I true. I was saying to Reagan, I was like, if we if I paid for my Netflix account, because I don't, uh, I would cancel it. I'd be done. Yeah. I'm, I'm sick of them. They canceled Glow last year. I'm still salty about yeah, it. Yeah, they canceled. They canceled Tuca and Birdie. I was salty about Archive it. Archive 18, they canceled that, and that was a really 1899. Yeah, yeah. Did they really cancel 1899? No ah, shit. Cancel. <laughs> oh my God, you didn't dude. see that? Yeah. Why? I don't understand why. Like, it makes no sense to put out these banger shows and then, like, like getting a show means nothing now. Like it doesn't. Oh, I, I'm sorry. No. So it's like, oh, hey, no, you got a doesn't. show. It's like, okay, all right. Barry nailed it. Yeah. Barry showed what it means to have a show. Like, and it, you can just be a flash of the pan. No one ever remembers. It, it's you getting know? a Done. season two that really matters. That actually goes into production oh, and gets real. made. Even if you don't make anything after season two, just getting a season two is like, you know, this is coming obviously from two people who have no idea which like actual show business is like. But it, oh, no, dude, no getting a show means I'm just nothing. Now. Confidently assert it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna <laughs> blindly say things that I feel confident in my emotional opinion, and I <laughs> and I will not accept any backlash and I mean, or corrections. I, I have always thought like everybody, everyone knows this about Netflix and fucking hates it about them. But I'm like, Netflix has the numbers. They know. You say anything you want about 1899. They know it wasn't going to be a hit next season. They know it. That's fair. I don't know why. I don't know. They have the shit. They have the taste clusters. But I am positive. That, that is fair. Right. And because the, the reputation hit they take from that is huge. Like, no one. Yeah. And they'll cancel shows without finales all the time. And Hello, Santa Clarita Diet. That yeah. had, like, multiple seasons, no finale. And I, I see it as, like, one of those things where... Yeah, I guess I never looked at it like that. Like they know the season two is not going to be as good as season one, so it's gonna they're going to lose money making it, and then also the reputation that comes with fucking up a good show. Um, it has so, to be worth it to do it, to it dude. It has to for them to take the it, reputation hit of like oh, you're canceling good shows, and it also leaves the door open for them to wait a minute. What if what they're doing is cancel after the first season fuck it harvest the ip for for uh new seasons and shit later that yeah exactly so harvest yeah. that and then five years down the road we're bringing back another season of Revive, whatever yep. show and then everybody thinks they, it's re good. they revived uh arrested development yeah that was one so, that they picked up after a long time everybody thinks it's good because of the nostalgic factor and they don't have yeah. to damn that is the smart I really, fucking i think what i think is it's they because they'll never release this information, but I think it's how fast people watch shows and how often they complete them and at what point in the season that they stop watching. I think all of that forms, you know, a bizarre data 3D shape. And they're like, that's not going to make money. Yeah. Don't fit. Get rid of it. You Dude, know, I, I'm sure there's some weird shit. I just want to like be, I want to listen to this conversation. I want to know. I want to know so know. bad. It's dude. I know. Because, like, dude, I'm like, imagine putting a Netflix exec in front of, like, 
all of these fans of all these shows that are canceled. And I'm like, just field some questions, buddy. Yeah. What do you got to say for yourself? Yeah. They couldn't handle it. <laughs> no, absolutely. It would no. melt. Not at all. Not at all. Um, we, no. I just, we just finished watching Tulsa King, so I'll probably end my Paramount Plus probably subscription. Canceled. Uh, well, it's Paramount Plus, so I will say oh. they did do the new... I think it was Paramount Plus, did do the new episodes of Beavis and Butthead, and they were like un- ungodly hilarious. They were so funny. Really? They were hilarious, dude. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but like something about bringing. High? No, I, not. I'm fucking completely sober. Dead sober. Dude, dead Horrible. sober. You're watching um, Beavis and Butthead sober? I love Beavis okay? and Butthead, dude. Hilarious. Uh, but something about like the bringing in the technology aspect of like what their formatted show is, they were so fucking funny. Just so funny. So, like, instead of watching just music videos, they watch like dumb YouTube or TikTok compilations and just just make fun of them it they, that's cool they really knocked it out of the park should i have watched i never really saw much of old but beavis butthead should i watch them before old, i, get I mean yeah it's it's essentially the same thing through all the seasons just the content of like the music videos and stuff changes because you know obviously music changes with time um they've stuck tried and true with uh with the way they've ran the show over the years. Like the movies are funny. There's, um, there's Beavis and Butthead do America, which is like the, I think it's the first movie they came out with, which was funny. And they just came out with a new movie for Beavis and Butthead where they like go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember what it's called. The universe. Yeah. It's Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Uh, it's actually rated very well. That's yeah. kind of blowing my dude, mind, dude. So I and it's Mike Judge. So it's like, what do you, you know? What what are you gonna do? Like he's really the dude good. doesn't miss. Yeah, he's he, he's an miss. animated comedic genius. So I I sat down and started rewatching uh, Silicon Valley, and I picked it as a show that I was gonna watch by myself because Regan and I you know watch shows together, and she was like, caught me watching an episode, and she's like, I might. I might watch some of this when you've got it on. And I was like, yeah. and then she saw that it was Mike Judge. And she's like, damn, damn. I guess, Judge. dude. I guess I need because I got her really into King of the Hill. Oh, nice. I guess I need to watch Silicon Valley. I didn't know Mike Judge made that show. Uh, um, yeah, he did. He wrote it. It's what's his it show. on? HBO. I've been watching it on your account, bro. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I need to go back and I guess I need to go start. Hopefully, I've noticed you haven't been on your HBO. I haven't. While. It's been it's been a minute. You, well, there just hasn't really been anything that's like caught my attention on HBO so far. Um, and I guess maybe it's also because I haven't looked at my account in a minute. So I guess I need to go start watching Silicon Valley because um, I like anything. Might judge. Oh, we wait, just, have you never seen it? No, I've never seen it. it. Is, yeah, it's really fucking. Is it funny. like okay? Yeah, it's a great show. We watched um, uh, this new movie called Bubble. Um, this new movie called Bubble. It was made. It's directed by I think Judd Apatow. Um, love him. Yeah, it's about. No, it's directed. Wait, Bubble is a Japanese animated post-apocalyptic film. No, absolutely not. It's a fucking. It, it's a comedy. What's it called? The it's bubble? Bubble. Uh, maybe it's called the bubble. Oh, the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. It's got like Keegan Michael Key in it and a bunch of other people. Wow, I didn't know. I missed a Judd Apatow movie. It's Where like was I last? It is like ju- it, it like just came out. It I says think. it's a 2022 
film. Yeah. It says the bubble was released on April 1st, 2022 by Netflix. The film gained negative reviews. Oh. Yeah, no. So it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't super good. Like it wasn't the best movie ever, but it was pretty Oof. fun. There were, there were some parts that were like pretty funny. It's like about a group of like actors doing this reoccurring movie called cliff beast. And it's like post COVID they're one of the mo- first movies in production and they got to stay on this, like in this like fancy v- hotel. So, um, it's not, David Duchovny is in it? Dude, it's shit. like a looks, lot of fucking bad. It bad. There's a lot of fucking a list actors in it. It's crazy. I don't know. I maybe knew this movie mm-hmm. has a 21 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 4.7 on IMDb. Really? I didn't even know it came out. Judd Apatow really just shit this out for some cash. Yeah, probably. Clearly. Someone was clearly. talking to me the other day about a movie that got like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I can't remember what it was. We still didn't watch. Did you watch Puss in Boots? Fuck, I no, dude, I forgot to watch Puss in Boots. I mean, I, I'm still shocked. Yeah, at how dude, good it's got to be a great be. movie. It's got to be incredible. You know what I'm stoked for is Last of Us. I want to. I hope Dude, that's a cool so show. So Last of Us, the show, out. and then Last of Us is also coming to PC. So I'm like super fucking stoked about that because like I can't, I can't play it. It's it is way too scary. It is super it is, scary. The only is, I tried playing in like one of the clicky monster yeah, i was like nah, you yeah. know what? nah i just this isn't the vibe that I is just, that nah. that was me with like the first outlast like i played and then it got to the point where i had to run around in the dark and i couldn't fight anything and i was like i'm good i'm all right i can't do this scary. I'm or, having a fun time. yeah or i played the exorcist in vr and like i just kind of like yeah i kind of like sit there in the middle of my room and just like look down the entire time and i just took my headset off i was like i feel like i guess that's I, yeah. how i would handle a real ghost yeah huh? <laughs> i can't do this right now <laughs> Dude, there's sometimes where i play like uh scary games where like usually I, i'll play any fucking horror game under the sun you say it's a good horror game i'll play it but like there are times where i'm like my anxiety can't handle this right now like i i just can't physically have a good time playing this no um no it sucks but it is uh, what it is. Uh, fucking. Also, I do recommend Tulsa King's an okay show. I do recommend watching it. I liked bro, it. Bro, you're always throwing okay recommendations at me. I what want is, good. What? Oh, good. Well, the okay is the lukewarm part of where if you don't like it, I can be like, well, I told you it was okay. I didn't say it was okay, great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, where, it's where my taste doesn't come in and be my taste doesn't get scrutinized. Um, I always want slam dunks, and then if they say it wasn't good, I'm like, "Well, your taste sucks. You're wrong." Yeah, idiot. that's fair. I guess I you're gonna tell me my that, that the Big Lebowski isn't funny. That's you're fair. stupid. Um, it was a good show. It was uh, I, and I don't know if they're gonna make a second season because like Sylvester Stallone hated. We talked about this, alive. dude. He's like seventy. Yeah, he won. He's seventy six, and he's still fucking. He's still at it. But he, I mean, he moves around for like a decent. I mean, he moves around well for an old guy. But uh, he hate hated. From what I heard, hated filming. You know, my inner circle of Sylvester Stallone adjacent friends hated filming TV. He was like, I could have filmed four Rockies. It took in the time it took <laughs> to film this fucking show. <laughs> Um, it's like you know how many expendables i could have yeah, made right now yeah for real just dishing them out the expendables movie were great loved all of they them. were they were fucking awesome they were the, they were the, testosterone fueled dude just like, expendables <laughs> 2 like starts with them like landing a motorcycle into a helicopter yeah. and I'm, i was just like jacked to the dude chase. oh yeah like, oh like shit. when fucking like uh chuck norris like 
destroys a tank and then just like walks out and you're like oh my god this is incredible you're like Uh, jesus christ like (laughs) the expendables is like the fast and the furious for like shooting like gun action movies yeah yeah Yeah. it's all the big action heroes i fucking loved it though it's so fucking funny like there's like probably probably 45 minutes at least like solid 45 minutes of gunfire yeah that's talking yeah talking is like a minimal part of this movie they can't have sylvester and arnold dude yeah john claude damn saying stuff fucking goddamn right like the john claude was wearing his skinny jeans that whole movie dude i always like absolutely ridiculous i always bring up john claude van damme to people and like nobody ever like knows who he is i don't like i don't know what like i never i'm like yeah i used to i grew up watching fucking john claw and van dan everyone's like who's that i just how do you not know who that is you, a, not, you don't know about um and plus uh who's the other dude in that um tall motherfucking f- russian dude dolph lundgren Dolph Lundgren, dude, yeah. yeah. For some reason, I always get them confused. But Jean Claude is the one who can do the double, the split. Yeah, the split. Right? Yeah, the split. Because yeah. he does uh, it in the Expendables, if I remember correctly. Uh, doesn't yeah, he do of course. He does it between two semi trucks. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I know. Sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I like one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Jason Statham shows up to that basketball court because that guy beat the shit out of his girlfriend and he likked the girlfriend. And he rolls up, and they're all playing basketball. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna kick this guy's ass." And he's got that fucking sick ass sport bikes. I don't even like sport bikes, but it, it's got Jason Statham on it, so fucking it's sick. And it's just, cool now. Yeah, yeah. Beats the <laughs> shit out of these dudes at a basketball court, and then slams the basketball on the guy's chest and stabs his knife through it. And I was like, "God, oh, it's hard." That That's is hard. hard. That's pretty hard right there. That <laughs> That's pretty hard. <laughs> Certified hard. You're uh, like, I got to remember that yeah, one. I gotta, yeah, pretty good. yeah. If I'm ever in a basketball street fight situation, that's what I got to pull out. Um, Just out of curiosity, I looked up Expendable 2 on Rotten Tomatoes. It has, for the Tomatometer and the audience score, it's 67. Perfect. Perfect. Just decent yeah. movie. That's completely <laughs> that's how a I good, feel. That's an okay movie right there. Like, that is it a certified... It ratings. Oh, Everyone's my like, God. Yeah, it's okay. Right. Yeah. It, it, was, it was everybody that has the same opinion as us of, like, I just want a good action film that I can watch people just get shot. Yeah, guns. just shoot and, like, no dialogue. I just want to see Terry Crews holding two AA-12. It just, just going at it in a full, fucking yeah. like sewer system, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. Uh, speaking of Terry Crews, I watched Gamer last night again. After it's got Gerard Butler in it. You ever seen that one? I always get this mixed up. Oh, I did see Gamer. Yeah. I did, and it really it's stupid. It's it, stupid. Oh yeah, it was. It wasn't good, but Gerard it, Butler really will do anything. I That'd love it. I dude, I respect the shit out of him. I respect it, but it, it's not a great movie. But it's like it's kind of it's not as good as the Expendables. But it's like I want to watch. It's I don't know. I want to watch people die, and in a dystopian future. And it also highlighted like how like we just kind of got away with everything in movies in the early 2000s. Like there's the scene where the kid who controls Gerard Butler is like swiping through upgrades. He's like, gay, gay, gay. And then he like says the R word. He's like R wordedly gay. And then he's like, Oh, I like this. And then like, they're like one of the people that controls Gerard Butler's wife, because if you don't know in the movie, it's like, they're, they're sli- controlling yeah, avatars, they're controlling avatars but it's real people you can yeah. pay 
to control or get paid to be controlled. But it's like this, like really obese dude in like a power chair. And like, they just make him look as disgusting as possible. So it's like, you're like really was not like cool to be fucking uh, like a heavy set person in the early two thousands. Like it was no, they ruthless. The film industry dude, was they would ruthless. Fucking, like open, like the joke who I was watching a drew Gooden video. I can't remember what movie he was covering, but like this entire person's character in the movie, the jokes about them, the words out of their mouth, their purpose in the movie was that they were a fat person. Yeah, that just, was it. That's all they had to say about him. It was early two thousands, and that they were just like, "That's all this person fucking is." To I like. Us. I want to know. I want someone to study the phenomenon yep. of like fat phobia in the early two thousands. Of like, it really did seem to peak. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. I don't know. I really don't. Know. That's a good point. It really did seem to peak around. I I think it was i think it was just the the um because i think that humor comes from like an earlier generation and of like bullying I, yeah yes. and i think it peaked That's in the early true. 2000s because a new generation was coming in and that was like phasing out now like it was before the millennials canceled bullying yeah You're yeah welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't cool to just be like haha you're fat and that's the joke and so i'm glad we got away from that um yeah but i watched that last night while also arguing with people on the internet because I've learned that Instagram is a much more toxic place than TikTok. Like TikTok has this toxicity, but Instagram, I've noticed I get a, I, and I don't get a lot of hateful comments, but I've gotten more on Instagram than I usually get on TikTok. And I don't usually, usually I just delete them because I don't give a fuck. Like, it's my video, dumbass. Like, why am I going to let that sit there what? and stare at just it? Just like, let someone shit on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to delete it. And I know, and some people are like, well, you're not going to respond to him? No, it's the internet. Why would I? Well, um, it's like literally you lose minutes of my life yeah. every time I have that interaction. And and sometimes I respond to, like, fuck with them. And, like, I'll call the, I'll, like, like good old, like, in my Carhartt review video, it's, like, dudes that are like, this man ain't ever worked a day in your life, brother. And I'll like comment on it and like call them like baby girl and stuff like that and and really get them riled up but i had one guy comment last night that was like um he was like yeah showing a clean pair of car hearts is a good way to show people you don't do shit and i and i thought i was actually thinking about this day and i was like this dude not wash his clothes because that's a little that's straight i was like wait straight people activity yeah yeah. uh but i was like um couldn't be gayer yeah clean clothes dude honestly but I like commented back and I was like, Rainbow yeah, flag. I did all my, I got all my hard workout, uh, hard work done when I was in the military, just kind of to throw that in there. And then I forgot, I said something else and he was like, don't care. You still don't do shit. And I was like, you're goddamn right. I've got one of them fancy office jobs that pays yeah. me well. And I was like, plus the income I get from when guys like you get emotional and comment on one of my videos. And then he commented back. He was like, you really like to talk, don't you? And I'm like, you're fucking commenting on my video. What are you, what are you talking about? His talking about? doesn't count. Dude, That's yeah, not his, that yeah. doesn't count. Anyone else is talking Oh about my counts. God. And like he, in his profile was like, I'm a musician, blah, blah, like whatever. And he like, didn't have much of a following and i thought about commenting be like so how's being a musician going for you uh, um, but i was like you know what i'm done i don't feel like you're supposed to with be this person everybody loves your positivity yeah, take remember? the high road dude gotta take the fucking high road i guess um one uh, day i'm just gonna oh, give it to somebody i'm just gonna fucking let it loose and- <laughs> i'm going to cyber <laughs> yeah i'm going to snap and either physically assault somebody and or hellaciously cyber bullying them Kind of like the uh, time can I, get I a, a air horn on the board for getting um promotion. Oh yeah, hold on. Let's yeah, see if I, I get want it. that. Oh shit, hold on. Which one is it? 
Um, is it the green button? Yeah, that's the green yeah. button. Yeah. Yeah, Goose got a yeah. promotion, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm so stoked. And I, I changed divisions. So now. You're doing what you actually wanted to do when you applied yeah. at that company? Yes. Yeah. And now there's literally no one at the plant that I have to go to who has a single anything to do with my job. That's so the pumps tight. that we need that I'm in charge of now are in Florida. So this, th- I have nothing to do with the building. That's so tight. Two days that's week. fantastic. It's, beautiful yeah he called they barely me. know me yeah <laughs> he called me and was like so yeah I, the position i have at my job i don't have that anymore and i and just didn't say anything afterwards and i was like oh so you got fired and he was like no i got a fucking ra- i got a promotion I, hell yeah and then i air horn on the phone yeah air horn on the phone <laughs> via mouth air horn on the phone um and then yeah because i told him i was like i always thought it was weird that you have an engineering degree and you work in customer service i was I just didn't yes. know that was a thing. I hated it. Yeah. So, um, and it is, it's it is engineering in customer major, service though. Yeah. I mean, and, and every major industrial manufacturer has people like me because yeah. it's hard to buy and sell uh, complicated equipment. That's so fair. I have to know a lot about yeah. it. I understand. But I still that. have to talk to like people on chat or on phones, which I'd be on the phone for like three hours a day, or I'd take like 80 chats a day. It, it's just like melting my brain. Yeah, I'm it sounds such awful. Such an angry, terrible person. It sounds awful. Of, I only got to deal with but like, that. All stops now. So I only got to deal with like thirty people, and they don't really call me that much. It's usually an email, but I'm still just like, oh my god, dude, fucking dude. I can take in one week four hundred chats. Like, no. imagine having four hundred micro conversations, and that some are sounds, like really stupid and terrible. That sounds god awful. That sounds horrible. Horrible. And people are like mad. Sometimes because they're old and they're on the computer, they don't know how to use it. I have to teach old people how to use the computer. They're overstimulated, but, but they I, don't since know. I'm what that in means. industry, I will always have to do that. Like every in my last job too, there was several times that I just had to explain to an old person how to use their computer so we could actually talk about what we needed. Oh to fucking my talk god, about. dude, that that's is- gonna, dude. That's gnarly. They're all like that. That's pretty Every rough. industrial. <laughs> there's so many old dudes in there who haven't learned a fucking thing in 30 years. Dude, and they're just mad I about it. I just I don't get how like you can see that technology is like I could understand, I guess, in the in the in the fucking initial stages of technology becoming prevalent, being like, this might not be something that lasts, just because it, there's been things like that it, in the past where you think it's going to be a huge revolutionary thing, doesn't last. But like, when you see that technology is like, are is integrated into your life, like, you cannot function in this world without yeah. technology, and and being like, I'm still not going to learn that. Like, it's fucking... I'm not going to learn how to use an internet browser. Stupid. Like, bro, everything is the Dumb. internet now. You Dumb. gotta learn. And... God, I will say there are there on chats. I'm like, dude, I I have to get their number and I have to call them. I'm, like, this <laughs> I'm gonna call this you right now, working. dude. That's crazy. I it's I do so dumb. I do see sometimes when like it comes to like you know when I make TikToks, I I make them with the idea that I'm gonna post them to Instagram instead of using Instagram's native like in editor feature i just like yeah. TikToks more but i find myself being like well i don't want to learn that and then i have to sit myself down and be like go like, uh-uh. yeah i'm not no. gonna be them i'm not gonna be them. dude and, and there's like this one guy that I, one of our customers that i talk to every day every single day <laughs> and he's been he's been working in this industry for like 20 something years and he, like he honestly doesn't know anything he doesn't know anything i talk to this guy every day and he doesn't know like anything about our company like bro how'd you i'm like 
what are you how are you not embarrassed to have yeah. this conversation every week like what are you i talked to him three times today about the same thing because he forgot that he was <laughs> doing it i was like bill yeah. don't don't bill we talked about yeah. this three hours ago i can bring the chat up Jim. Like, bill who are you related to that you got the job that you have Dude, I mean, I would think that, but there's there's a ton of people like that in, in industry and I think running America. And yeah, that's true. Just, they're just all over these men, usually men, although to be fair, a lot, I mean, just older people, yeah, honestly, because a lot of the women. But the thing is that they come at it from different angles because the men are like, I'm in charge and yeah. I don't know shit about shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the women just get like often just kind of thrown at the job because their bosses are those men and yeah. they don't train them. And then they're like, you don't need to know anything about that. So they just move numbers around on the Internet and they don't know shit either. So it's usually older people. Old and fucking they, men, dude. Every company in the world is probably like 30% staffed by these people who don't know how to do anything. And they just come in every day because it's all they have in their lives, and they're just, oh, just automatons. I, I would dude. like, I would like to hope in the future that like that's going to change. But I also know that, oh, no. I, but I also know <laughs> that these people who have no interest in learning new things because they're old are instilling the same. Uh, the same values into their children, yes. so their children are going to be old and not know dick. They're going to be like, I don't know how to turn my fucking hologram on, so I guess we're just not going to have this meeting. So We'll just never have a hologram yeah. meeting again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so real. <laughs> there's, there's some parts of our company they never wanted to learn uh, Teams. They didn't want to learn really? Teams. So they just still use Skype. So there's a whole section of our company we cannot access via Teams like the rest of us. That's because they're like, I don't want to. Because yeah. <laughs> they're all old. Dude. Oh, that is annoying. That is so oh, annoying. I also made a new friend at work. The I, I made friends with the IT guy. He came in to change. That's a, critical. Dude, yeah, critical too. Yeah, that's a, oh. a that is a, a a helpful friendship. But uh, he came in to change a cord on the TV, and then I can't remember. How we started talking, but then it, I was like, he was like changing this cord, and he was like on his way out the door, and we started talking about video games, and then he sat down, and we just started we talked about like Tarkov and street, yeah, pretty much. He's talking <laughs> about like Tarkov and streaming and stuff like that, and like you know which is better, Twitch or YouTube, and all that other stuff. Uh, really, yeah, soups. So garbage. Oh, YouTube is-, is gaining traction from what I see, but I, I feel like Twitch will always still be the. I, a lot I just of hate YouTube as a company. A lot of big creators through. have moved over to YouTube, but I also agree. I hate YouTube as a company, and I don't think it's sustainable. Like maybe YouTube is you know suckling a little bit of Twitch's teeth for now, or eating their pie. I don't mm-hmm. know the metaphor, and but. I don't think it's going to last because YouTube has like only made shit decisions for years, like for a decade plus. That's fair. I don't think they're going to hold them. I really do think the space is starting to emerge for something new to pop in. God, I hope so. Like TikTok proved social media can get moved around. Yeah, it's it's eating Facebook's lunch. Is that what I was looking for? Yeah, that is a good, that's (laughs) what you're looking for. And, and like everybody was like, this is it. Social Facebook is the biggest thing ever, you know, and it's starting to lose a little bit of ground. And so, I, and YouTube is just a dusty internet giant. It's at this point. It, it's corporate. It's the fucking, streets in which this whole world yeah. is built, and we just need something new. It really. We would. I would new. love something new. I hate when I go to the trending page and it's all like corporate fucking 
like music yeah. videos or like plus they got whatever. rid of fucking dislikes what the fuck yeah. are you doing it's it's there but you can't see how many dislikes there is um also Stupid. uh new horror movie evil dead rise uh tra- the red band trailer dropped looks amazing check that out i mean we should get started but whenever you have the yeah, time yeah we should watch that i think it's it your turn to go first yeah i'm going first all right. Um, so yeah, let's you hear it. Yeah. So you said yours was going to be long. So I thought it I'd is. do a uh, con man who like really didn't have. I mean, it's a, it's this podcast. They've got a Looney Tunes fucking backstory, but like it's not as in depth. Uh, but I'm going to be talking. I mean, about, they can't all be long. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm going to be talking about Victor Lustig um or loosedage i don't really care uh this is <laughs> who gives a shit fuck him <laughs> uh, so this piece of shit yeah so. so this is one of the guys we kept saying we we're not going to cover it's the dude who sold the eiffel tower but we kept saying you know oh it's so common we're not going to cover that but i mean he had some other interesting cons that he would pull um so and it's never all, have one yeah never know? have one and never this is our fucking podcast so I'll move. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to do whatever we want. Um, so this dude was born in Hostin, Bohemia, Austri- Austria, Hungary. So for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, it was pointed out in like articles that I read that he was exceptionally gifted at learning throughout his youth. And I'm like, yeah, you mean that thing you're supposed to fucking do as a child, like learn? Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, he was he was smart. Like, yeah, yeah you, that long. was a weird way to say that. Um, so. Uh, he was a bit of a troublemaker, though, a real uh, rabble-rouser, if you could uh, you could probably say. At the age of 19, he was taking a break from his studies in Paris and just needed something to pass the time, and sitting around had gotten boring, so he looked up. He was looking into picking up a new hobby. You know, there was an array of choices. He was in Paris, after all. He had his choice of, like, poetry, reading, starting a riot, painting, a um, whole slew of options that the French were known for, but the one thing that caught his eye was gambling. Um, and that's kind of what he devoted, he invested his time into. So during his gambling es- escapades, he had also taken an interest in this married woman, which ended up with her husband, giving Victor a sick-ass scar across the, less, across the left side of his face um, for oh, fucking around with his wife. The coolest, yeah, the sickest, dude. dude. Um, so after he leaves school, he takes his well-to-do education and his knowledge of several different languages, and he decides he's going to start scamming people. The initial gig was to hang out on ocean liners sailing between the Atlantic ports of France and New York City and con the shit out of people traveling between the two. His main little spiel was that he was posing as a musical producer and would then seek out, quote, investments in a non-existent Broadway production. And that was going all fine and dandy, and then fucking World War One happened, and the liners were suspended, so he had to figure out what the fuck he was going to do next. Also, at the time, he was already on like law enforcement's radar, mainly for a bank con he had pulled, where he had the bank give him fucking dollar-dollar bills for a portion of bonds, but did some like sleight-of-hand shit and was able to leave the bank with the money and the bonds. So they had oh, already wow. kind of heard him. Yeah, he. Whoa, him. that's a hot yeah, little scam. Yeah, he there. hit it with some up close magic, dude, and they did, yeah. <laughs> did not know what to do. Uh, you're not a con artist at that point. You're just a yeah, thief. yeah, slippery fingered thief. At so, that which then takes us to the Eiffel Tower scam. So in 1925, our boys in France, and he sees a newspaper article 
about the problems that came with maintaining the upkeep for the Eiffel Tower. Uh, And at the time, the monument had fallen into disrepair, and the city was finding it challenging and also very expensive to um, maintain its upkeep, which sparked the idea so for funny. this con. Yeah. <laughs> like, they build it, and then they're like, wow, this Fuck, is actually yeah. a huge pain yeah, in like, the ass. Like, why do we do this? But um, everybody comes here because of this yeah, stupid thing. Can't get rid of it. So, uh, he calls together a real sneaky-beaky meeting of local scrap metal dealers, and it happened. Oh. He, he sets them up. <laughs> dude, yeah, I know. It's fucking <laughs> bonkers. Uh, he sets them up in this super fancy hotel where he identifies himself as the Ministry of uh, Posts and Telegraphs. He tells the dudes that basically Eiffel Tower... Too much money, cost costing the government dick loads. So, uh, we're gonna we're looking to sell this bitch for basically scrap metal, um, but doing so will cause a public outcry. So everything has to be confidential. And these men have been chosen for the meeting due to their reputations as honest businessmen. Um, I don't, dude. Like you, I. That's like someone being like the Statue of Liberty. We're scrapping it. It's scrap metal. We're scrapping it. Who wants to bid on it? And how would you fall? I, and for every, that? no, everyone's like, "Oh, sweet, yeah, sounds like, good." Yeah. Um, oh, wait, what year was this? Nineteen twenty-five. Oh, uh, okay. Hold on. Uh, okay, so I guess the Eiffel Tower was thirty-eight years old at that yeah. point. Surely they would have to be like, "Yeah, we're keeping it." Right? Yeah, like that's all. You would think people would have if it was like five sense. years old, and then they were like, you know what, we can't this afford it. Here, It'd be like, yeah. okay, uh, sure, fair, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so he had chosen this man because the reputation's honest businessman. So during this meeting, as he's given his spiel, he keeps an eye out for which indiv- individual seems most likely to fall for this con, and he sets his sight on a man named Andre Poisson. So um, Andre was the way they described him an insecure man, uh, which <laughs> wow, <laughs> rough, put him dude. on blast. He got conned, <laughs> and you're talking shit about him in like an article on the internet for a like, hundred years later. Yeah, like, dude, he's such a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he wanted to rise up in the inner circles of the business community, and again, didn't really need to call him out like that, but go off. So Victor begins taking a special interest in in him, and is basically like, "Hey, buddy." I'm super. Cur- I'm. This is what this part of the scam was. He gets Andre and basically tells him like, "I'm a super corrupt politician. So like, if you want to win this bid for the Eiffel Tower, you can just bribe me." And oh. so that's exactly what Andre does. He pays Victor a bribe as well as his bid for the monument sale, and all all in all, it turned out to be around seventy thousand francs. I don't know how much that is. I couldn't. I for some reason could not convert seventy thousand francs in nineteen twenty five to today's money. It would just give me what seventy thousand dollars USD back then was today. Let me. You can try to look it up, dude. I went to like five websites. I would not. Wow, really, yeah, it, dude? It was yeah. It was. I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid, but it was not something that was doable for me at the time. Let so, old Victor takes this money and fucks off. Obviously. Um, and he, he goes into hiding, but he thinks to himself, himself, he's like, this nerd is going to be too embarrassed to go to the police. Cause he'll look like an idiot. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Andre didn't ever went to the authorities because he was too embarrassed that he had got scammed buying the Eiffel tower that he never, like I said, went to the cops. So after hiding out in Austria, Victor is taking a gander at the, Dude, 
That's the best part of cons is when they are so good that the people are like, like fuck, I yeah, I can't tell anybody about this. About this, this. Was so stupid that I fell for yeah. this. That's like that's the best con right there. Very yeah, yeah, it's that's I mean, that's the way to go. Like make someone believe something so ridiculous that if they tell it to another person, like if they told it to another person before you're, you know, you hit your mark, the person would be like that's not true. That's a cut. You're getting scammed. But if they tell it to the person after they've been scammed, they'd be like, you're a fucking idiot, which, you know, there's high risk, high reward. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, Victor's hiding on Austria, and he sees he's been checking newspapers. So he sees that nothing was mentioned of, the, of his little scam. So he's like, all right, cool. He goes back to Paris, tries it again. But unfortunately, police were alerted about him doing this, um, cause I guess, I don't know, maybe someone he, it, I didn't really specify, but maybe someone he was trying to con knew that guy and, you know, was like, Hey, he just did the same thing to me. I don't know. But the authorities were alerted and Victor fucked off to the U S to avoid arrest. So another one of his notable cons was the Romanian box. It was basically a box the size of a steamer trunk that Victor said was capable of making a duplicate of any currency bill that was placed into it. So it had figured it out. What is it? It's five and a half million dollars. Damn. Money. That's a lot of money. That's that a is lot a ton of money. Of money. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> that, that, that is, sucks. yeah, that is dude. I, so, and it's good. I wanted to do that because I'm like, I don't, I never know how good the con is until true. I understand how much dollars it is. How right did now. you convert that? What did you do? It's old French francs. So oh, I found okay. one that just ran a, inflation raw number and then the and so that gave me the you or the 2022 equivalent of old french francs and then i converted that to u.s dollars okay yeah i figured you were gonna you were gonna be able to do it so like i (laughs) i i have other conversions here but i was like i'll just tell goose to do that and he'll figure it out (laughs) all right i'll get him i'll get him loaded up (laughs) um so um but yeah i there's like a i think there's one more conversion that i was actually able to do but when i i looked like five websites and i was like i don't like why isn't like why can i not get this to convert but i was like you know what he's smart he'll figure it out uh, so this so uh it was about this, this this romanian box was about the size of a steamer trunk it had two small slots one to insert the money and one to get the quote printed uh money and so it was also packed Come on. yeah dude i know Come <laughs> it, it was pa- it was like th- it had a bunch of like levers and shit on it that Genius. didn't do anything yeah. so it just Critical. so it looked legit so um basically the catch was though that it took six hours to print the bill so victor would ask his mark for a specific denomination of you know money he would put it in the box and he would wait with them for the six hours and then out would come the prepackaged bill that he had already stuffed in there and he would take his mark to the bank he would get it authenticated he would authenticate the quote printed dollar and uh and you know to show it was legit and then he would refuse to sell the box until his mark made a super high offer for okay so once the box was sold victor would pack in additional notes in order to buy his himself some time to make a fucking clean getaway this dude was really smart i mean Uh, that's really smart He's uh, not too greedy. You no, know? He's yeah. Like, well, I'm gonna need to put some of this aside yeah, for the scam. Like, I'm gonna get more, but this will allow me to be able to leave and not be anywhere near when they find out. So, do you think this scam would work now? 
this scam? Uh, I think it could. I feel That's like what I was with thinking. the way technology Especially is advanced, with some, like screens and shit. I feel on like it. it would be easier to convince somebody this would work now than it would be. That's back what then. I was thinking. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking because I was like, I think that's stupid. Because have you ever seen a printer that small in that time? Uh-huh. You know. But now you'd be like, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, it would be totally that's believable. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the most nori- notorious cases was when he he sold the box to a Texas sheriff. Um, who paid Victor the a, nuts on dude, this guy. I know for the fucking <laughs> balls of steel. He didn't need to do this. <laughs> um, so he, uh, the sheriff pays about a thousand dollars for it, which is about 17 grand, uh, today when, so when this fucking idiot sheriff realizes he'd been tricked, he chases Victor all the way to Chicago. And when they, when he finds him in Chicago, he's like, I got you. You fucking con me. It's never going to happen again. I am wiser now. And Victor cons him again. <laughs> <laughs> so Victor, basically, dude, Victor's basically like, hey, man, you're just not doing it properly. You're not working the box correctly. And this He's fucking, like, oh, what? Yeah, the, what? yeah. This dumbass sheriff is like, oh, yeah, you're right. I think I might be. It, it, I would imagine Victor was like, all the way to Chicago. Yeah, and all the way to Chicago. Change like that. So I, like, oh, I, well, well so. There's another aspect of it, but I, I would imagine Victor was like, so you pressed this lever and then did this and that, and the sheriff's like, well, I did this and that, and Victor's like, yeah, that's your problem. You got to do this nah, one, then that go. one. So um, the sheriff buys it, and to further sweeten the deal, uh, Victor gives the sheriff a large sum of money and sent his ass back to Texas. But the she- but they were counterfeit bills. They... <laughs> 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 Oh, that's a uh, dirty yeah, one. Baller two move there. there. Baller <laughs> move. Um so didn't we have another one like that? Where they gave him Oh, Frank Abigail claimed oh. to have done so. Yeah, no. Lying piece He's of a shit. Liar. So He's a lying piece of shit. So when the Great Depression hit, old Victor was hard pressed for cash, so he decided he needed to run another quick con. So he's like, all right, I need to find a mark that's safe, would not draw any attention from authorities, and I would like, you know, I'm in a bind here, so I need to go for someone who is low risk, so I would not... So not I a would, Texas I, sheriff. Yeah, not a Texas sheriff. So they're low risk, so I can come out of this unscathed. They won't chase me to Chicago. They won't try to harm me. Um, so his decision was he was going to con, uh, the most notorious gangster in the world, Al Capone. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, or I could do none of yeah. that. Mm. <laughs> like the one person you don't want to fuck over it. Like, dude, they, ha- he has no compunction. He can do anything to I get know. you back. Like, yeah, that's crazy. He, yeah, he is not bound by the law. He will fucking like people are like, Oh, Al I mean, in the U S a- government's not bound by the law, yeah, but like, yeah, but he's still, even less, yeah. you know? And I would imagine he'd get you. Al Capone would find you quicker than, the u.s law enforcement agencies oh probably yeah um so basically what happens is he convinces capone to give him fifty thousand dollars to invest in a shady scheme um i don't think i converted that i didn't really say what year this was either um, US. yeah u.s oh yeah because he's in, yeah, capone, yeah right 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 so 
he says, all right, give me 50K. I've got a nice little racket. I'm going to go. I, I've got some people, an inner circle. We're going to do this fucking shady scheme. It's going to net you a lot of money. It's going to net me a lot of money. I just need a small loan of $50,000. So when Victor, so Al Capone's like all about it. He's like, yeah, here, you know, take it. $50,000. Yeah, too easy. Gives Victor 50K. That's like 900 grand. I assume yeah. 1930. Yeah, that's so, like yeah. Jesus, God damn, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow. You took a lot of money from Capone. Holy Um, shit. So so Al Capone gives him this 50 grand, uh, but Victor, you know, as we've seen, he's not an idiot. He's not dumb. He's a smart dude. So he knows, excuse me, he knows that if he runs off with this 50 grand and, like, doesn't follow through with something, he's going to die. Al Capone will kill him. He's going to so, die. Yeah. yeah. So what he does is he takes that money and he puts it in a safety deposit box and he keeps it there for two months. Then he takes the money out and he returns to Al Capone with the money and he says, hey, I'm sorry. My plans, the the, the scheme fell through. Um, I, you know, it's not a thing anymore. Here's your money back. You know, take it. And Victor is also, while he's saying this, like, oh, you know, saw we, it fell through. Here's your money. But I, you know, I don't want to wrong you. I'm an honest man, but also I've lost all means of supporting myself. So, oh no. And Mr. Capone's like, you know what? I feel like I'm dealing with an honest man here. Gives him $5,000 to tie himself <laughs> over. <clears throat> the crazy bastard the? fucking scammed Al Capone. Dude, dude, that is a, dude, that is a high level. Dude, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll come back to it. I'll come back. uh, Smart as shit, too. That's really good. 90 grand equivalent, you know? But I'm also, like, very high risk for a relatively small, well, theoretically small payoff. Yeah, but, I mean, what what would five grand be? 90 grand. 90 grand. Uh, I can imagine, I can imagine he wasn't, maybe he thought Al Capone would give him, like, a little bit more for being, you know, this honest businessman, but that's not bad. I mean, that's still a decent amount of money. And any low level con man would know, like, or any low level con man would have got that 50 grand and then just fucked off, like taken off. And then like been on the run for yeah, the rest, for of, the rest of their lives. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, it was a very smart decision. I think, you know, that is get ballsy. murdered 90 grand. I need to take the 90 grand. Um, so in 1930, Victor started a very lucrative counterfeiting scheme with a pharmacist named William Watts and a chemist named Tom Shaw. And this was not a small potatoes operation. This was a large scale scheme. Shaw and Watts would engrave the plates that would be used to print the fake money. And old Victor organized a ring of couriers to distribute this money. So shit. Yeah. So their operation injected thousands of dollars of counterfeit money, which had been nicknamed loose money into the U.S. economy each month for the next five years before it was it caught the eye of the feds. Yeah. It's yeah. a long one. So their fun had come to an end when Victor pissed off his mistress for because he, like, slept with, I think, the pharmacist mistress. Um, and she sent an anonymous tip to the feds. And, uh, you know, on May 10th, 1935, he was arrested God in New York and charged damn. with counterfeiting. Yeah. 
he was, uh, you know, he immediately turned on his accomplices. He like flipped, oh, yes. flipped, flipped immediately while also trying to maintain his innocence until the feds found a key on his persons and he wouldn't tell them what it was for. And they found out that it opens a safety deposit box in a Times Square, and Times Square subway station that contained $51,000 of counterfeit bills and the plates used to print them. So the day Things. before he's a trial, I would have swallowed dude, yeah, that. Thing. Yeah, for, yeah, for real, dude. <laughs> um, so the day before his trial, the madman fucking escapes from federal custody and is recaptured 27 days later in Pittsburgh. He pleads guilty at his trial and was sentenced to 15 years in prison on Alcatraz Island for his original charge and an additional five years for the escape. He ends up dying March 11, 1947, in prison from pneumonia. He's also credited as to creating the con man's Ten Commandments, which are one: be a patient listener. Be a patient listener. If uh, it is this not fast talking that gets a con man his coups, two: never look bored. Three: wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions, then agree with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Four: let the other person reveal religious views, then have the same ones. Five, duh. yeah, duh. Five, uh, this one's weird. Hint at sex talk, but don't follow it up unless the other person shows a strong interest. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't know if it's talking about your sex capades or what. But yeah, uh, I think he's just like you know, flirt a little, yeah, yeah. and see what that nets you. Yeah. But don't push it because you um, want to be sleazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know, won't make money. You're being a sleaze. Yeah, you, you don't want to be money. a floozy. So yeah. uh, six is never discuss illness unless someone unless some special concern is shown. Seven is never pry into a person's personal circumstances, and then in parentheses it says they'll eventually tell you. Um, eight is never boast; just let your importance be quietly obvious. Nine never be untidy, and ten never get drunk. It just sounds like a. These are like how to be a pretty nice guy yeah. for the most part. <laughs> like a pretty solid yeah. set of instructions yeah. there in How to be a good friend. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just agree with them. Have the same religion. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You're good to go then. But that is the life of Victor Lustig. Wow, that dude had a... See, the, and I hate that they're like, he sold the Eiffel Tower. I'm like, yeah. no, he scammed dude, Al Capone. Yeah, he scammed Al Capone and fucking like... Uh, Walked away. Duped a sheriff twice. I mean, it's Texas, <laughs> so they're not that smart, but like, you know. Yeah, still a Texas sheriff back then. I mean, yeah, yeah. Come on. That's a third grader right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do like that story. There, I think the... It, I didn't read much into it originally, and I was put off by how it was brought up. But it's yeah. way cooler. It's cool. Yeah, that dude I thought- was like one of the better ones we've seen. Like he had a, a an ancient patience. Yeah, like, very I, rare. I thought the same thing when I for like because it was it was good because it was like quick cons, nothing too like insane. I have to go into detail on it. When I read it, I was like. Damn, like this dude is way more than just the person that sold the Eiffel Tower. Like, yeah, people I mean, sell the Eiffel Tower monuments. selling stuff is that's just the easy yeah, scam. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. This is pretty crazy though. He did take it to another. Yeah, level. he like, did. That was I, the whole bid. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking when they said like I was when when I heard like sold the Eiffel Tower. I was thinking of like um the indian the guy, guy we covered, covered where yeah. you know he's like oh you know it can be yours here you go just sell it yeah. you know buy it but the whole scrap metal his spiel like going was, for the scrappers yeah good. that's crazy that really targeting. good yeah um so 
I was thinking about covering another psychic with a very different career, but I'm going to save that because I found a good old fashioned fraudulent impersonator. Nice. Because these are like my favorite stories. I love Hell them. Yeah. Ever since I really love the Anna Sorokin story. I, was, it yeah. just, I love the flying by the seat of your pants and just having fun yeah. and just like waiting for it to all crash down. It's just a, it's beautiful. Um, and I also like that it's usually rich people getting ripped off in these stories, and it's so I don't really care. Agreed. Like it doesn't really ruin anybody's lives, you know. True. Um, so, um, I also like. Oh, I wrote that I also like uh, that we do this, or that uh, how last week's episode we had a cool guy systemically take down his oppressors instead of blowing them up like we had in a previous <laughs> story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was nice. That was a good change. Good change of pace. Uh, so big source was a really good write-up from vanity fair another instance of when i look up other sources they say vanity fair said like half of the article but i did find some other good stuff from la times cnbc and i actually found some of his original jail records because i needed to verify part of the story that was missing damn so um this is the story of his royal highness khalid bin al saud okay um this this well, I mean that's the name that he told people until he ended up in federal prison. Fair. So we'll start with how he was born on a tiny trigger warning, a little bit of sexual assault in this part. Uh, he was born Jose Moreno, um, uh, in Bogota, Colombia, in 1970 as an orphan of the cartel drug wars. Uh, he just grew up on the street with his brother, had a hard life. He was known as what is called then a throwaway child. It was it was like a term for all the the cartel or orphans specifically damn he foraged and stole f- for food as young as five years old while also taking care of his three-year-old brother which is an unimaginable horror yeah and he also testified later in court when he was older that he had been raped and sold for sex at only five years old so that he could feed his brother so truly yeah yeah just, i want to re- just remember where this guy came from like it's yeah. it's horrible like he came from city of god basically yeah. to like i i don't think anyone can ever really recover from a start like that it's fair luckily for him two white people from plymouth michigan flew down and plucked him and his brother out of their little orphanage like a good couple of wasp democrats would do and renamed him anthony what? i guess <laughs> i was I like he's fine yeah <laughs> why just changing someone's name like that is fucking insane to me I wrote, you can rename them at five years old? (laughs) That's horrible. Um, And, yeah, to go from, uh, especially Jose, too, it's like, whatever. That's fucking crazy, dude. So, he struggled to fit in, and he yearned for a high life that had been sold to him as the American dream. And even from a young age, he told his first grade classmates that his mother was wealthy and that his father was Dom DeLuise, star of the 1980s hit classic Fatso. Oh, okay. I actually don't know. He was in a bunch of other stuff, but that was literally the first yeah. thing that popped up. Um, much of this comes from a defense written up by his lawyer team, who also noted that a young Tony believed that he could never be alone or insecure with power or, and money, which kind of makes sense. I mean, you had to steal for money. I mean, you had to steal money to eat food yeah. in your mouth hole. Like, I get that. Never, I mean, I had all sorts of fucking economic trauma as a kid and it's yeah, yeah. weird as shit i totally understand um, that when tony was only 11 years old his mother received a call notifying her that her new mercedes was ready for pickup this was a problem as neither parent had in fact purchased a mercedes in sixth grade tony had managed to convince 
an absolute moron fucking car salesman <laughs> that he was a Saudi prince whose dad was going to buy him that car. And insanely, this man picked up a child unattended at the shopping mall to give him test rides. Really? I was like, holy dude, he that, is the criminal in that, that story. That dude was down on his commissions and was like, I just Ugh. need something. I just need anything. something. Anything. Well, yeah. Anything. <laughs> Uh, and he's like this little the Colombian child that yeah. says he's a yeah. Saudi prince. He's got he's that like, done. He, he's got that condition that what Hezbollah has, where he or um, you know who that is. No. He's like a, you. If you looked up a picture of him, you would recognize him. He's like a big internet. Oh, meme. the little kid, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Russian guy. Yeah. yeah, I was just I was just looking at a picture of him today. But yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was like, dude, this salesperson. A stupid ass. I would like to talk to Just that guy. A, like, what the yeah. fuck were you thinking? <laughs> what were you fucking <laughs> yeah. thinking? And uh, I was like, so, it's so of the times. So yeah. I was like, everything that is untouchable these days. No one would do that. <laughs> um, this got Tony started at therapy, where they sent him to a camp full of other troubled youths that he lied to incessantly. Naturally. It wasn't a great experience for him. Even worse, almost certainly shattering what little stability the poor boy had, his parents got divorced. Ooh. And his brother went to live with his father, which is the most insane shit I've ever heard in my extensive experience with parental arbitration. I just cannot believe they would split up a brother like that Dude, like, and have them... Typical Michigan activities. Dude, I was like, <laughs> shit parents. Yeah. Absolute garbage. Um, this hit Tony really hard. And I was like, yeah, this kid was out here being pimped out for his three-year-old brother. And now and you, you like, split, split him up. you guys up. Yeah. That's sad as That's fuck. Fucked. So he, he suffered a mental breakdown. And he was sent to two psych, different psych hospitals and a halfway house as a ward of the state before he ran away at the age of 17. Um, this is when Tony starts to really lean into what apparently passes as ethnic ambiguity in Northern Michigan in the 1980s, <laughs> uh, because he convinced an Arab family in Ypsilanti, Michigan, that he was a prince. And then if the family didn't take him in, his father's secret police would visit them. I, I, I can't believe that was effective. It totally worked. Um, I, I was like, why did he know that? That, that would pass. Dude, That's this crazy. is crazy. This is this dude is rolling like a twenty on like illusion every time, dog. Oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was like that. It just seemed like such an out. Hold on, yeah, such an outlandish um thing for to real. even try to portray, and yeah. but it worked. And I was like, man, maybe that family was from some shit. Back yeah, then. some like shady fucking. They're like, ooh, yeah, I don't, don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So then he had a run-in with the police for protest, uh, pretending to be Prince Adnan Khashoggi, an ultra-wealthy Saudi arms dealer who at the time was the world's richest man. I was like, I need to read about that later. I can't believe the world's richest man was a Saudi arms dealer. What a weird time that must yeah. have been. What year, what, what year, what year was this? 1980. 1980. 1980, okay. okay. Something like, yeah. So I was like, I that's insane. What a different Dude, time. Dude, wild Holy time. Shit. Yeah. That guy was moving some yeah, shit. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only two months later, he catches a fraud charge in Los Angeles for using a credit card and a random name to get nearly $9,000 in limo services. Jesus. So he claims at this time that he met an actual Saudi prince that he had a sexual relationship with 
He actually testified this in his 2007 sentencing hearing. Spoiler alert. <laughs> this is important because homosexuality is illegal in Saudi Arabia, yeah. and the fucking royal family cannot risk yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. And he was implying that the family either started putting up for him, or he'd start spilling some beans Ooh, all over their little faces. Little blackmail. So, um, the, obviously, the ro- Saudi royal family denied any affiliation with him. Yeah. But his family believed it because he would show up with a prince's credit card after being fucking arrested. And someone kept paying his bills and getting his bond and shit. Oh. And this scared the fuck out of the family. They were worried deeply about it. That's crazy. So, he changes his name, which just means he goes by a different name. He said he changed it, but he didn't. Um, by just going by Khalid bin Al Saud. And he does this, um, he does what we now know as a fraud classic. Racks up 11 grand in limo and hotel bills, as well as a rare coin collection and some Louis Vuitton bags before he gets hauled out of the hotel in handcuffs, only 21 years old. I found the LA Times article that came out at the time. They called him the Prince of Fraud, and they mentioned that he had been offered a plea deal, but chose to go to trial, and then the prosecution brought forth their 17 witnesses, and he decided to plead no contest. Like, he's like, you know what? You're actually making a good point. Yeah. I think you got me on that one. <laughs> I think he he's got like, me. I didn't think this was going to go this way, so let's uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, a lot of the articles didn't go any further into it, so I had to go find his case to figure out what happened to him, but he got two years in jail for this. Uh, his probation report said that he was so good at deception that it is, quote, doubtful he will give it up for a mundane existence. Theo was pretty yeah, on the spot. Jesus. <laughs> if I can hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, he's like, ah, I've seen yeah. one of these before, brother. <laughs> you so will he have does that a little on bit the big jail. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> He does a little bit of jail as a treat, and he moves to the Ritz-Carlton in San Francisco with an Amex card of his prince's name. Uh, his name as a prince, right? Oh, okay. He gets caught again, spends 53 days in jail, flees the city, and his new probation officer. Uh, one sec. Nice. Nothing like fleeing the city and uh, getting away from your probation officer. Real, those yeah, dude, real whatever. Drag. Let's go to a new place. I'll just yeah. get a new probation officer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he this time he heads off to Honolulu for a fine Christmas holiday, cons a couple of dum-dums into investing $8,500 into an oil field that didn't exist and tricking them into spending $20,000 on his resort bill. What? I was like, oh, you piece of shit. Jesus. I will say these are just victims of his story. I, I, I forgot that they're not like all rich people. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. just going to Honolulu for Christmas makes you like wealthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, that sucks for them. It does. In fact, when Vanity Fair reached out to the um, to the family, the husband yelled, I don't want to talk to you and slammed the phone down. So I, I don't yeah, think he was yeah, talking about it. That's he fair. feels pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's probably gotten that call a bunch of times. A bunch he's, of times, yeah. They're like, hey, dum-dums, you remember when you got <laughs> dum-dum blasted by the guy who was smarter than you? Like, Dude. <laughs> Don't fucking yeah. call me again. So, next he hits up Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando. Dude's just pinging all yeah, over the fucking just country right now. Bouncing around. Soaking up the sun and vibes. Runs up 14 grand in credit card charges. Pleads guilty because he gets caught. Gets probation. <laughs> fucks off to a yeah. new town. Goes to Coconut Grove. I'm really blasting through some stuff yeah, here. Yeah, you're good. Uh, where he gets beaten and robbed by two men that he invited up to his room to party with. Which means fun. Yeah, fornicate. Yeah. 
then he just kicked his ass. Um, so he then fucks off on his $27,000 bill at this hotel, goes to Chicago. He's like, Jesus whatever. Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> dude. <laughs> uh, where they arrest the fuck out of him and shoot him back to Florida, where he gets 616 days in prison this time for Damn. fraud and grand theft. Damn. So, I mean, and that's the end of... No, it's not that's the end no, of the story. That's, that, that is barely a- seasoned this story. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, obviously, prison being a place of reform and rehabilitation prompted Tony to turn his life around and abandon his life of crime. Right? Yeah, that's what happens. No. That's obviously what... Yeah, no. I mean... Another fake guy. <laughs> terrible. While he was in jail, he used his fake name to scam an attorney named Oscar Rodriguez into thinking he was a prince who needed bail. So this guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking... That's a cash I'm cow right there. Right here. Yeah. So he gets forty six grand in bond together to bail him out with the promise that he would be the lawyer for the Saudi family. Oscar Rodriguez, this rando in Florida. Dude. So they take him to the office to wait for the money, which obviously does not come. And they're like, all right, Prince, we gotta take you back. We're you're you're this isn't happening. On the way back, they're driving back. Two bondsmen, big old guys in the yeah. car. He's like, Hey, can we stop at the Amex office? I think maybe we could get something sorted out there. And they're like, absolutely. Yeah. So he's like, okay, yeah, excuse me one second. He goes in, he's crying immediately, tears. Ugh, he's claiming he was mugged. And then his father, the king of Saudi Arabia, would be so upset if he didn't get things resolved. He doesn't have any money, doesn't have his cards, it's stolen. And my favorite part of the whole saga. Amex says, okay, we could issue a replacement card. If you can verify the security question of what were the last two purchases on the account belonging to Prince Khalid of Saudi Arabia. And he does. What? He no identifies shit. the last two purchases, one in France, one in California. And they give him a platinum card with $200 million in credit. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And I got to this part of the story. I was like, what? That's- he's got dude i i feel like that 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 uh that story of him hooking up with an actual prince might be true might be true might be true with the bondsman there he's like bing he's like what's up <laughs> bitch? yeah <laughs> we're back in business yeah. immediately books two limos one for him and one for them because they can't be in the same limo obviously and goes on a shopping spree to buy a couple of rollies and a diamond bracelet for a grand total of twenty two thousand. probably Jeez. pretty cheap rollies to be yeah. honest if you're getting out of there for 20 grand 20, with yeah. the diamonds yeah those aren't even like submariners, you know? <laughs> so um, then with the bondsman, he flies back to Michigan, buying out the entire first class cabin of the flight because the prince can't sit next to anyone. He's a rich man. So then he visits the university, offers a million dollars to the school to get a friend a scholarship, fucks off back to Miami. What the still f- has the bondsman with him. <laughs> Why? Why? <What>? Why? <laughs> He's just like, you guys want to come with me? And they're like, sure, we're not going to do anything I else. mean, because they have to go to the case. They have yeah. to go to the trial to get deal with it. And this is a very mobile guy. So they're like, we're sticking with you. You yeah. can't just leave us. Yeah, this is fair. But that being said, I get a little confused about this part because they're lied on the details, I think, because it makes them look bad. So um, the Amex calls Oscar. They're like, hey, the dude is not the prince of Saudi Arabia, and he's actively committing credit card fraud in front of your fucking face right now. <laughs> And so the reasons that were not explained, Oscar's wife and child are on a trip with this man. I think he had upgraded their seats or something. It wasn't explained well. 
And he calls his wife and is like, keep that dude in the room. Holy shit. And just don't hang out with him. And then he flies out there with his bail bondsmen who aren't with him. I was like, what the fuck was that about? What? They don't want to explain it. I'm sure it makes them look really bad. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, They corner him in the suite and are like, bro, you're fucked. And he's like, oh, I'm calling the embassy. This is an international incident. And one of the bondsmen picks him up and throws him across the room. And he's like, okay, I'm convinced. Yeah, Yeah, let's go. (laughs) I was like, they told him that they did that. They shouldn't have done that. He's like, all right, you got me. You got me. (laughs) He's like, whoa, they aren't. Yeah, I'm not getting my ass kicked again. Yeah. I was like, the lawyer must feel very confident to have revealed that he hired these goons. Absolute, for this fucking yeah, job. fucking absolute thugs, dude. Uh, okay, okay, I lied because as much as I love him making the verifications, best part of the story is here. They get him to LaGuardia to go back to Miami. Right, LaGuardia is the airport. Yeah, and he sees three cops, and he's like, "I'm the prince of Saudi Arabia being kidnapped by an armed man. Call the embassy and also CNN." And (laughs) the police fucking mob these dudes, put a shotgun in the bondsman head, but then they give him the paperwork, and they're like, "Oops." And the cops leave. All right. And then they, they're like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. They decide Happens. that a flight is too risky. So they rent a car, normal, drive 24 hours to Miami with our boy Tony in the trunk. They, <laughs> they just put him in the trunk. They, they were not willing to risk him being seen by the public. Dude, they said nice. they took breaks, but they did the whole thing with him in the trunk. That's insane. That is awesome. That's. Uh, <laughs> I was like, this lawyer is actually kind of with the shit. Yeah, I, I fucking modern problems call for modern solutions. Like, dude. All right, dude, yeah, we're done. I just, get in the trunk. I don't. How was a? I guess I don't know. How was a flight too risky? I feel like. Well, but they don't want him making a more scenes yeah, like that's that. True, that's yeah, fair. That's and this fair. is the only way to get him across from New York to Miami without God, anybody looking at his face. That is a fucking. That is a trip. I just want to know the conversation, like. You're getting in the trunk. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, no. And then he, he gets thrown in the say, trunk. Throws like, him okay. again. Uh, throws <laughs> him again. And he's like, all right, I, I guess, you know, I'll get in the trunk, but just this once. How, what, how um, long is so that drive? It is 24 hours. Is it really? Okay. He drove 20. It took it to 24 hours. God damn. <sighs> I drove 15 hours with my girlfriend sitting up right yeah. and stopping to eat, not in a trunk. And it was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I not, holy shit. God damn. Um, on the way, he reveals the true story. They stop and eat and talk, you know, and he's like, all right, I'll give you the business. You guys aren't going to listen. <laughs> Once you put me in the trunk, I knew my gig was up. Yeah. Um, and he actually said, so that roll, the rollies that he bought were for two inside agents who worked at Amex that gave him the answers to the security question. Oh, that was his okay. gig. Yeah, okay. I was like, "Whoa, that's scary." That is super fucking. The damn. lawyer's like, "I am getting a new credit yeah. card, <laughs> dude." I, I am switch providers shit. here. So he goes to jail and stops his life of crime. Not true. We already know. It's yeah. Not true. Next year, he promises two hundred. He's in jail right now. He promises two hundred million dollars to the Syracuse University if they could just so kindly wire him. 16,000 to his Michigan account to handle the taxes. Uh, and they did because they're stupid. Why? <laughs> I know. The bank account was his brother's whom he had recently reunited with. Oh, actually he wasn't in jail at this point. Uh, he just got out. He okay. Just got out okay. of jail. So, um, 
the both dudes get convicted for this scheme. Tony Damn. gets 46 months plus another 37 for lighting his cell on fire and covering the floor in shampoo because nice. he's going to try to escape. There you go. Yeah, I was like, whoa, dude, they almost doubled your sentence for that. Fuck, I don't think man. lighting your room on fire is a viable way to start a prison yeah. escape. <laughs> you got to get it all What's slick in plan? there. So when the when the COs come in, they slip and slide all over the place. You can I mean, just yes. hop over them and fucking, I don't know how you're going to get out from anywhere else. Get out else, of the prison, yeah. sir? Yeah. Uh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> we've got Steven over here just walking out of dude, the prison. Yeah. And this guy's like, oh, I've got this figured yeah. out. <laughs> So it's 1996. He's been suing in jail for a couple of years when he hits up another Miami lawyer, this time claiming his uncle is the Saudi prince. There it is. Smart. Tony calls him. uh, uh, Tony told him to call Santa Monica College to verify his identity, where the camp police told him they were going to come pick him up in a limo. They're like, yeah, that's him. So later when he asks the lawyer to go. uh, So he gets picked up. And later he asked the lawyer to go to Miami airport for him to pick up Johnny Cochran, lawyer of OJ Simpson's famous murder trial. What? It's like, can you go pick up Johnny Cochran? I needed to talk to him yeah. about my case. <laughs> just a Which just I was quick like, chat. Oh, what the fuck? Quick How chat. Johnny Cochran. They quiz him for two hours and he holds up, but they decided not to take on the case because of questions of his authenticity. Because Johnny uh, Cochran was actually a good lawyer. Yeah. He actually helps him draft up. So the so Johnny Cochran doesn't take up his case. So he's still working with the other lawyer. This guy helps him draft up a letter to the prince that he's talking about. Um t- t- is Prince Al Walid to give him eight properties that included a Trump Tower apartment. He was he was claiming that he was the nephew and he was like gonna get a lump sum and gonna get uh, a bunch of his properties and he just needed his help getting it figured out and the lawyer's like oh absolutely. i got you that's a totally believable story the lawyer's very embarrassed he would not put his name in that story probably uh, a solid so, move <laughs> so, in, so in 2001 he uh tony is now released and he returns to his mother's home in michigan and he's dripping in fur driving a white cadillac with acrylic nails and eating rapids in 2001 just oh my god dude a king dude. yeah king. <laughs> Jesus. he's in a carhartt country you know and yeah he's like yeah i love it the uh vanity fair article mentions that they go and see catch me if you can and he wasn't impressed oh. he's like i'm way better yeah I'm, I'm way cooler than that why where's my and that's movie true because frank abagnale was a liar that's true and, this, and he, this dude legit. was legit he did everything he is fucking with the shits so, um, his mom is now remarried to a woman, and his woman, this woman had a daughter before the, they got married, and he hires this daughter as his own personal assistant now that he's in Michigan. Um, she reported going around with him, renting cars, shopping sprees, getting to hotels, all without paying anything. Like, she, he, she never saw him pay anything, and she was said that he was always claiming that his royal boo was paying for his bills and that he was a kept man that he like someone was paying for his shit. Once she goes to a hotel and picks up some of his shit for him. Cause he just left it. He just leaves. Yeah. yeah that's what you do. And what does he leave there? A bunch of jewelry wrapped up in napkins for some reason, cash hidden under the mattress and several Western union transfers of $10,000 from Saudi Arabia. Really? I'm, so I, they never officially confirm in any of the story. I'll spoil yeah, that now. Yeah. But I re I'm like, yeah, this dude was in some. He might have been I- hooked up with something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
He's traveling around, stops in Atlanta to scam a doctor out of $5,000. Yeah, you gotta make a quick pit stop in Atlanta, dude. (laughs) He was claiming to buy the Atlanta Falcons. He was like, it was part of this scheme that he was a rich prince who was gonna buy the Atlanta Falcons, and he needed money. Um, Gets arrested in Michigan in 2003 for impersonating a diplomat. Um, Incredibly, he charged $11,000 at Saks Fifth to a family account that belonged to a real Saudi princess and $18,000 to the account of a real prince. I don't think he just had the info of the accounts. I think he knew them. Yeah, there's no way. I think the family was like, stop doing that, but I think he knew them. I really Yeah, how do you just have those accounts? So he gets interrogated by a State Department official that Tony tells the same story and uh, that he always does. And he's also claiming that he was supposed to get a $500 million trust fund, but the Fed, the Feds don't find any connection with him to the Saudi family. And I was like, whoa. That's so Because I was like, the credit cards and the checks and the diamonds, and, I mean, and just simply the fact that he could keep doing stuff like yeah, he was. Yeah, I was yeah. like, that is so weird. But- I was like... <laughs> I mean, would would it, how would a State Department official? Uh, I would feel like has. I feel like they would have. Yeah, but also like they, they're in a completely different country. Like, I mean, the the their investigation could be like we gotta ask we gotta ask them about it. We asked them about it. They told us to fuck off. What what yeah, el- what true. else are we gonna yeah. do? And you would. I mean, if they're not gonna ever say anything about it, yeah, you know, no, and they would never talk to a, a, a an official representative of the law yeah. about it, where it could be put on a record somewhere. And also, like, I mean, I would imagine a, a royal family is has the know how to cover their tracks. Yeah, oh, I mean, the Saudi royal yeah, family, yeah. they could literally chop up U.S. citizens yeah. and get away and with get away it. with it. They're yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he goes to jail yeah. while in jail awaiting trial. He tries to scam Citibank out of $4 million with a le- some letters. I was like, just Jesus. take a break, yeah, chill dude. out, dude. So he gets 77 months in prison. I mean, he's, he, this dude he's has been in time. and out. Yeah. He yeah. had some time. He gets out in 2011, totally rehabilitated. <laughs> of course. Of course he does. <laughs> uh, fly, flies straight to Florida, violates his probation. There you go. His PO is like, do I even need to fill this out? Are yeah. you going to stay? Okay, bye. See bye. you later, yeah. buddy. Dripping in diamonds, he tries to buy a $200 million hotel, gets found out, sent back to Michigan. This time, the FBI gets involved. They're a little pissed off about all this, and they finally find a big black binder full of notarized letters, privileged legal correspondence, a wire transfer request that he had basically forged or just like got for like random reasons. And then he'd been using them to trick people. Like that's how he had been doing. He had this big binder full of official looking documents. And he's like the Saudi family. And these are like limos and rich hotels. And they're like, yeah, probably. I mean, sure. You know, and Dude, rich people um, don't give a fuck about money. No. So he gets another year in prison and at his sentencing hearing, he asks for the binder back. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I am going to need that. Yeah, though. can I have that back? There's some important things in there I need. <laughs> I, I worked really hard this putting more. that together. <laughs> and that's a limited edition Trapper Keeper. So I'm going to need like, that is a, That's my scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> so he does his year in prison. Another fucking year. He's out again, back on the prowl. This time he snags himself a banker, a British banker named Carl, Carl Williamson, most 
British banker name I've ever yeah. heard. I already forgot his name. And a man who is well-known among his friends for name-dropping, being a bit of a bullshitter. He's like, I know a lot of famous people. His wife said he had a Rolodex with 3,000 people, and I don't know what that means, but yeah, it sounds but, like a ton of people. Yeah, it sounds like a ton. Of, I, don't even, I don't even think I know that many people. I was like, How can a Rolodex be that big? Yeah. Is that, real? <laughs> that is I, true. I don't, I don't think a Rolodex could fit 3,000 people in it. <laughs> You're going to flip through 3,000 entries, yeah. you idiot? Use your computer. Yeah. It sounds so stupid. Um. So this guy, he, he meets Carl Williamson, and this guy's in trance. I cannot figure out how we found him, but I really, this dude really has an an, an ear for it. Yeah, like, a, a knack spot. for like fishing out like mark. wealthy yeah. people, like a mark. He yeah. is really That's good insane. at it. Um, and obviously this dude's entranced at this guy. He loves this guy, and he goes further. He even starts backing up his lies. He's like, yeah, I've known this guy and the prince, the royal family for 20 years. Like, he's he's in Jesus. on it, basically. And he even buys diplomatic license plates on an eBay for the prince's... Uh, he does own a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari. So, I don't know how he's fucking pulling that yeah, off. I, it's confusing. Jesus! So, but he buys him these diplomatic license plates on it to make it seem like he's an, a you yeah. know, foreign national. And then he introduces him to another British investment banker who Tony basically shakes down. He's like, I need, to, I need you to be dedicated. She gives him $150,000. $150,000. She doesn't like to talk about it, but she did later open a lawsuit against him. I think okay. she figured it out. Yeah. Williamson and the British investment banker make our fr- fake prince look extremely legit because now he has two national yeah. bankers. He's like, they're like, whoa, this guy's fucking legit. Jesus. So they... So he starts a scam where he's selling access to the Aramco IPO. You know what that is? It's the stock, isn't it? Aramco was, uh, it was for a little bit of time there, we thought that the Saudi oil company that is owned by the Saudi government was going to become a publicly traded company. And their IPO was supposed to be estimated to be worth like a trillion dollars. They are like one of the most valuable companies on the planet because the Saudis have an obscene amount of money. Yeah. so he is claiming to be part of the family and selling early access to oh. the IPO to buy these stocks. And he gets 26 separate investors to send him a combined $8 million. Jesus fucking He Christ, tricks dude. one Dutch tax lawyer out of $5 million alone and some Rolexes just because, you know, of course. you got to get a yeah, little you gotta, you gotta bling get some fucking bling in there, baby. What an asshole. Dude, oh, <laughs> He fuck. shortly posted, shortly after this, he posts on his Instagram that he was getting that chicken and he had suitcases full of hundred dollar bills fucking hell dude he like <laughs> does not like i the i don't know i gotta gotta respect the oh. hustle oh yeah uh his instagram is prince dubai underscore oh seven and it was never very big at all at any point really he has a few thousand followers uh let's see it has 4300 right now but like the post some of the posts that he was making when he was like actively committing these crimes, uh, he was they get like you know 3,000 views, yeah, not huge. One of them is like 25 likes. He's not like famous, he just keeps he keeps the insta as part of the profile, I guess. Like, fuck, I guess. So, um, let's see. Oh, I kind of lost my notes there. He's making real, oh, yeah. So, everything. uh, he's running other scams too, and so part of what made him look extra legit was the diplomatic license plates, the bankers. He also hires a bunch of mall security guys, 
put them in suits, gave them fake diplomatic badges, makes them run around them all the time. It looks so legit. The way to do it. Who's going to doubt yeah, this guy? Way to do he it. pulls up in two limos with a squad full of people and a manager, and they're like, oh. It's legit as shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's wearing the hat or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> eventually, oh, so he's going around trying to buy like $20 million condos, whole ass hotels. He can't. He just yeah. like, kind of shops for them. Eventually, this gets him put in front of Jeffrey Soffer, a Miami heir of a massive real estate fortune, and the owner of the famous and, unfortunately at the time, debt-saddled Fontainebleau Hotel. Williamson reaches out on the prince's behalf, saying he wanted to buy a percentage of the hotel for an outrageous amount. Like, the hotel is worth $200 million. Say he wants to buy 50% of it, so like $100 million. But he was saying, like, for 30% of it, he wants, like, $150 million. Jan- like, Jesus. This, yeah. So, dumb. like, he's, like, huge he money. Refuse, and Soffer yeah. fucking awoogas yeah, the oh, idea he, of Of course he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they negotiate for months. And it, he the prince draws this out, insisting that in his culture, there's an exchange of lavish gifts that is customary in business. There you go. <laughs> I was like. That's, that's there it is <laughs> gotta get the trip yeah yeah gotta get the bling in dude so this nets him about 150 grand in artwork bracelets rolexes guy's got a killer rolex collection yeah now. no I, i'm like watching his instagram stuff right now and it's literally just him like on private jets showing his rolexes over and over over and I, over it, dude yeah. i did check rolex prices after yeah. writing yeah. about this because i was like you know what maybe they i do look yeah, kind of nice nice <laughs> um and then I started after I found out I was getting a raise. I started uh, shopping for suppressors. There you so go. I'm, it's I'm I'm back in business. <laughs> baby. Um, so uh, he's trying to string this whole thing along because he can't buy a hotel. He yeah, doesn't have no. like, two hundred million or one hundred fifty million dollars. But he wants gifts. He wants his trinkets. The, he wants his things. The little things for my trinkets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's exactly what I was referencing. Reagan <laughs> loves that audio. Oh, it's a, it's one of the best. Uh, so Soffer flies him out to his house in Aspen, ironically previously owned by a Saudi prince, and they go out to dinner. And then something happens. Something happens. For the appetizer, the prince, Khalid of Saudi Arabia, orders prosciutto. For the culturally devoured and who haven't seen The Sopranos, uh, there's two things you should know. Prosciutto is ham and pork is haram. So he activates the spidey Fuck senses yeah. for software. He's like, wait a minute. Why would he's going to have ham? Even though this dude's like flying around. Yeah, yeah. Whoring and cashing and drinking. He's like, ham? Oh. So he's like, all right, security team, look into this guy better. Because they should have been doing yeah, this Yeah, that should have been a uh, uh, number one starter. Yeah. Um, and they figure it out. They alert the state department and he gets arrested at JFK airport with a false passport and a few hundred grand in cash. Williamson, the banker was raided at six 30 in the morning, interrogated in his home for six straight hours. Damn. He insisted to the, the FBI and the state department and his wife that he did not know the prince was a fake, but the feds told him we're going to indict you. You probably knew he was fake. Damn. Later that evening, he said he wasn't feeling very well. He skipped a dinner. He went upstairs and he tried to hang himself. And he died two days later from his injuries. Damn. Which is brutally yeah, sad part of the story. Brutal. And then in 2019, Anthony Gignac was sentenced to 18 years in prison. 
They, yeah. He, the Pied Piper sang his song yeah. or whatever. Not doing good metaphors today. Yeah, it's all yeah, right. It was, we get it. it was over. Yeah, was I, over. they were finally like, you know what? We're fucking sick and tired of you, of seeing you. I mean, frankly, he got off so easy yeah, a yeah, ton of times. That's what I was thinking, too, with his past sentence, like a year or two years. Like That was after the sixth year. I was like, you didn't get thrown in there forever yeah. after that shit? Um, from justice.gov, according to the record, Gignac has executed, uh, Gignac. That's how it's, I meant to, it's Gignac. It's, <laughs> it's G-I-G-N-A-C, and I kept reading it like cognac, Yeah, it's Gignac. Yeah. Um, he has executed similar sk- schemes in the past. Between 1988 and the present, the defendant has been arrested and or convicted 11 different times Jesus. for Prince-related schemes. Good God. That's what the justice gov said, Prince-related schemes. Prince-related schemes. schemes. And uh, that is the story of Khalid, Khalid bin Al Saud, <laughs> the that fake prince dude, of Saudi Arabia. That is fucking bonkers. I'm like, like looking he, at his Instagram too. He's like got this ring on that's just like a solid fucking like diamond. It's just like a hunk of diamond, a hunk like of like di- a ten yeah. carat diamond. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ! It was a crazy story. It uh, it uh. The Williamson thing made me really sad. I thought that was really sad. Yeah, His wife is. thinks that he had been tricked and didn't know. I don't believe that at all. Sorry. I, dude, he's the got fact a, that he said that he'd known him for 20 years, I was like, nah, yeah. dude. He's had to have nah. known, known something. Or like one of those things where it's like you have your suspicions about this and like you but have... But he doesn't want to dig into it. He doesn't want to dig into it. Pig, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like yeah, this. He's got I his agree. coke nail and everything. Man, this dude is really living the fucking... I can't believe it went on for so long. It went on, dude. It went on for twenty years. I, I, I like, like that is baffling to me. But he kept getting caught, so I mean, he wasn't yeah. like. A, I mean, he really was very short sighted. Like but he I, wasn't an amazing con artist. He just wanted to live the life. Yeah, he but also the, the amount of money he was in in like high valued items he was getting from yeah these people, dude. And so here's the thing that they always fuck up is you know they got a. They, they do this shit, and then at home, they have a suitcase full of cash, diamonds, and Rolexes, and then the police raid their home, and they're like, thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, I would be burying every other Bury, fucking yeah. stack of cash, you diamond, or watch I got. You would never I'm like, find it. You'll get some prison, but you can come out with, and you know, a healthy star. Yeah. Uh, my, my, like, fucking walls would be lined with, with oh, ca- cash and diamonds, dude. yeah. Uh, they never plan for their future like no. that. They never Short-sighted, do. Short-sighted, like you said. And he's going to be in prison for a long time now. That's... And he is... They finally fucking came to roost. And I hope he feels kind of bad about the Williamson thing. Yeah, was, he should. That's really awful. But, I mean, him <laughs> being him, sounds like he uh, is like probably going to be like, that's not my fault. I didn't cause that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the dude just... You got to think about his arc, dude. Like, from a five-year-old street orphan to... You know, sitting in front of Johnny Cochran yeah. wearing a Rolex watch. I'm like, what the fuck? That is insane. Plus, it, 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 I, the high of tricking someone into giving you free stuff. Yeah, I guess that's, I mean, so like delicious. a drug, dude. It's like a drug. It is. That's fucking crazy. It's a good story, though. A There's really no documentary story. about it. No Netflix documentary. So, yeah. everybody listen. We did this first. It's yep. coming, though. They're we're, gonna do one. We're ahead of the... We got the right taste clusters. We're ahead of the curve. Once you see that Netflix documentary, just know you that... You start we, tweeting at yeah, them. Tell yeah, them we did we this. We did it first. Damn, that's crazy, dude. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I love that yeah. shit. I was, I was like, this is a great story. Yeah, that's this phenomenal. Is, 
he he gets knocked down, but he gets up again. Yeah. Know? Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> now he's going to be knocked down for quite some time. Yeah. When did well, you, when, who knows? When, when Maybe was that August. Eight- when was that 18 year conviction? What year did that happen? 2019. 2019. So, oh, yeah. He's like fresh into it. He was born in 1970. So, he would be 68 when he gets out. I wonder if he'll continue I mean, scamming. Probably going to be harder to pass as a young sound yeah, prince at that point. Yeah, that's true. I, I, dude, I wonder if he's got something stashed away. Like, if he's got. You know, I don't I feel think like so. The way they I, operate, the way he, really yeah, the way he so. is, I don't think so. But I would like to, you know, I don't want to say hope, but I just like having all that like physical goods. Like you had to have put it something somewhere. Your guy, that dude buried it every yeah, other yeah, dollar uh-huh. he made. He is <laughs> set. I'm true. sure he probably had investments and in everything. Yeah, it was so legit. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, we will we'll see you guys next week some, for some more insane fucking stories. Don't forget to rate, review, yeah, subscribe. Yeah, some if you guys see any good ones. Yeah, you if you have cover. any any uh, uh, recommendations, you can send us a message at the podcast at Snacks Podcast or the email at SnacksPacksMail at gmail.com. Be safe, be kind to others, be kind to yourself. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.